Ooh. Greetings and salutations, everybody. It's time for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo. That's me. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here to take you through an auditory journey through all the things in pop culture that you consume, the stuff you're insatiable for, the stuff you find truly bingeable. Today, joining me to talk about pop culture is me. I'm here by myself today. It's another one of those D'Angelo's Thoughts kind of episodes. We're going to get to a bunch of topics today. I'm going to finish up this whole thing with some Housewives. We're going to be doing Housewives of Beverly Hills and Housewives of Potomac because Potomac is back and they are hitting. They are giving what it's supposed to be gave. But uh, New York, you know, they're not just doing that right now. So we'll touch upon them, but we're just not going to be able to talk about them too much. Uh, we'll talk about some Gossip Girl. We'll talk about some RuPaul's Drag Race. Let's talk a little bit about the American Horror Stories, the new anthology series that's happening over on Hulu. FX on Hulu if you want to be proper about it. Hey FX, how you doing? Ryan Murphy, I'm gay. Can I get a job? No sleep. Bus. Club. Another club. Another club. Another club. Plane. Next place. No sleep. Another club. Another club. That's what I feel like right now, you guys. Like, Gaga, no sleep, another club, bus, bus, bus. Okay, so you guys, last week, um, I apologize. I was not around for you guys. I needed to take the week off. I just did not have the bandwidth. So I was in Miami. I know, Miami. Miami is fucking hot in the middle of the summer. We never go at this time of year, but we did because we were attending a special event conference, Cater Source special event. Look it up. It's uh, Usually it's really worth going, especially for the contacts and the people that you meet and just you'll usually come away with a few really, really great ideas, some pieces, blah, blah, blah. Um, this year, it was just 98 degrees, hot and gross and sticky and... Just not my cup of tea, but we did end up getting a nice little space to like, you know, give ourselves and, um, but it was a lot of events. It's like total socializing every single night. There's some kind of a social event. And since it's a special event industry, people are always showing up, showing out. But before that, you guys, I actually had, um, I left in the middle of San Diego Pride. So San Diego Pride did happen. Uh, thank you guys, everybody who did show up to the thirst over at Peck San Diego. That was a lot of fun. And um, I was wearing see-through shorts. So you're welcome. Oh, that sounded crazy. Didn't it? You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so that was great. Uh, I ended up just going straight home from there. I didn't do any nighttime events. What? I just kind of wanted to save my health because I was going to be traveling and I knew what that was going on. So I was sleeping properly. And we also had the escapade boat cruise over at uh, San Diego pride. I did put one of the videos on my Instagram. Ooh, I'm just knocking into things. You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to edit anything out. It's going to be one take Sally today. So I am just living in amongst the madness right now. We are renovating a bathroom. And so I have literally a wine rack next to a toilet in the middle of my recording space, which is normally my dining room. But anyways, uh, back into what we're talking about here. So, yes, I went to San uh, so San Diego Pride was happening. The Escapade Boat Cruise, that's what we were on. So Escapade Boat Cruise, it happened. Joe Whitaker, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having my dancers. They were amazing. 
uh, if you guys like it was a great collaboration. So just give me an idea. I get to run with it. And I got to hire some friends of mine over at Brickhouse Dance. Uh, they are just so awesome. Jacqueline Cooligan, big shout outs to her. Love, love, love her. And I cannot wait to work with her again. So if you guys want some really cool stuff for your next party, your next event, it could be a pride party, it could be a birthday party, whatever it is. Is this enough of a plug? Anyways, email me. <laughs> That's what this has just become. Okay, you guys, I'm going to also give you guys real quickly. Um, Please do support this podcast as much as you guys can, and I really do appreciate I'm not going to give another message about this later, but please do right now, wherever you guys are listening, if you guys can just like open up the app and just press the heart button, if you're using like Spotify or if you're using um, Stitcher, and if you guys are on Apple, give me those five stars, please. And if you can't, just leave like a one word comment. Just leave like it's given what was supposed to gave or just whatever. Leave a little comment in there. It really does get these little things up and it talks, talks to the robots and it tells them that I'm here and that you're here and that we're loving it together. Anyways, so let's get into um, the queer. Let's talk about some queer people. And by queer people, I mean RuPaul's Drag Race. And by RuPaul's Drag Race, I mean season six of All Stars. It's happening right now over on Paramount+. Plus. It is good. I'm enjoying it. They gave us these queens who half of them are people that are like fan favorites that we have been seeing over and over again right now. You know, like Eureka, she's out there all the time. And then we're seeing old hits like Kylie Sonique, who we didn't realize how much we needed her. Like, I've been seeing her in clubs and things, but, like, love, love her. And Raja. So they're giving Raja O'Hara such a great edit this time that it's, like, so much and so far different than what they portrayed in the past. You know, they kind of gave her that villain edit, this, you know, flase da. Is that, <laughs> is that what the kids are saying? Flase da. Look it up. Anyways, um... That's drag, that's drag Race history, you guys, right there. Anyways, uh, so but they're giving Miss Raja such a great little edit. Okay, so what my big problem with this ep- this week's episode, it was the, um, what I'm coming off of here is the Rue American Horror Story Coven Girls. It is the most awkward title, and it doesn't deserve... It's just bad. And you have somebody like Ryan Murphy who's given you a catalog of over 10 seasons to use. And this is what you guys came up with. And the thing was, the concept started off strong. You can see whoever the writers were for the sketch within this show, it started off as like, ooh, let's just portray all of Ryan Murphy's divas. Because, I mean, each one of them is pretty great. Gabourey Sidibe, um, Emma Roberts, who was actually the guest host this week. And then you have like... Angela Bassett and Sarah Paulson, who was a throwaway. Um, you have Jessica Lang and, and whatnot. And so you gave the, all these great characters, and then the writing was just terrible. It was obviously somebody who was not a fan of American Horror Story because they would have done better than that. And they would have actually hearkened back to some of those because the jokes are in there themselves. The only one that they got right was the Myrtle Snow Balenciaga, which was cute. Mariah, Paris, Balenciaga. But it should have been more of a screech and like, from the depths of hell but whatever i wasn't directing it so and in my personal opinion pandora box should have won this one i cannot believe that they called her safe but then when we get to like spoiler alert the lip sync for your life and it's christine aguilera's dirty well hello who else on that panel is going to be able to give that song justice who did well besides miss kylie sonique i mean come on 
I mean, if you've seen her in the clubs, I'm just like, where's the backflip? Where's the backflip into a split? And she did it twice. And I loved it each time. Okay. So anyways, yeah, so the writing wasn't so great. Um, What else here? Jessica, I'm sorry. Kylie Sonique looks so much like Jessica Lange. I see it the whole entire time. And I want her to do more Jessica Lange in her future. Like, just have more fun with that and, and... Go find Jessica and be her. Anyways, I'm loving the little bit of the Eureka and Trinity, whatever showmance that they're trying to sell us that is really nothing, but it's just cute. And the thing is, and I would totally ship them together. I think it's cute. Eureka has grown on me so much this season, and you can just see how much growth that she's had in the past few years. And even now that she's like on an HBO show, and you're just like, oh, you get it. You get the game. You get exactly what's going on here. Um we did lose one of our favorites this week on the show. They were sent off packing into the game within the game. You know, Miss, spoiler alert, Akira Chanel, she left this week. And so what really makes me sad about this is I have been having so much fun. The narrative and the edit that they have been giving with um, Trinity, Raja, and Akira. That Black Boy Joy group, that's what I call them, the Black Boy Joy group. Like, that's when I watch it. I'm like, that's Black Boy Joy. Look that up. I mean, it's cute. You guys heard of Black Girl Magic? Look at Black Boy Joy. It's cute. <laughs> Anyways, but that dynamic, it's going to be now gone on the show, and I love that. So the narrative the producers are making it is like bachelor levels of showing the strings. You know what I mean? Like, the strings on the puppets are all there, and we're just supposed to be like, oh, we don't see that happening. It's getting bad, producers. Like, really, just let the show happen. And if somebody's at the top, like, let them all be at the top, whatever it's supposed to be. And it's just, you know, they had Manila coming in to lip sync dirty, and they knew Kylie would be the top of this one. You know what I mean? Like, nobody else would have a chance against this. Pandora, Jan, Eureka, they were all great, but they were not going to give us that ex Tina stank. You know what I mean? Like, it's just there's something different about dirty. Like, that song is old, too. The song is like 20 years old almost. And Christina Aguilera's Dirty still will, like, fill the dance floor at the club. Because it's a fucking good song. So, you guys, this reminds me. Okay, let's all lean in. I'm going to tell you guys a quick story. And then we're going to keep on going. This is a sidetrack. Okay, this is going to be about a booty call. A booty call. A booty call? A booty call. I, I don't know why I say it like that. If I back it up, is it fat enough? When I thought we're back, is it fast enough? The right cute bartender from Excelsior in Park Slope over when I lived in New York and so it was like 15 years ago and I remember he would always ask like people so there was like these two bartenders one of them Benjamin I don't know if I want to say okay I'm not gonna say the other boy's name but anyways so Ben wonderful love you Benny and I know that he he might listen to the show here and there but anyway so Benny he is um a bartender there at Excelsior at the time and this other bartender was, like, so cute. And the whole question would always be, like, do you want your martini slightly dirty like Britney or very dirty like Extina? Dirty. And this hipster dude, I remember this one time, he was just, like, sitting there and the thing is, and he was just trying to be all cool. And he was, like, I, I don't like those two. I want it, 
you know, because everybody always has to act like Britney and Christina are like the plague for some reason. It's like, oh, they're too, they're too mainstream for me. I'm too cool for that. Shut the fuck up, bitch. You want to listen to Madonna again? <sighs> Madonna does have some bangers, though. But anyway, she's mean. Um, but anyways, so back into the story. So he would, you know, do you want this like Britney, like slightly dirty like Britney? Or do you want it like extra dirty like Christina? And this dude looked over and he was just like, I don't like those two. But, um. You know, I would like it, like, dirty like peaches. <laughs> I just looked at him, and I was like, does that mean you want him to stir it with his cock? That got a quick laugh from, like, the group, and it was like, hmm. And then it, like, impressed the bartender enough, the one that I had my, set my sights on, that, like, we totally went home. Okay, here's the weird part about the story. So, anyways, so I went home with this bartender, and the thing was, and it was, like, the only time I ever went home with him. Even though I found him really, really cute, and I probably would have redone this, but the thing is, it just got really, really weird. And the reason why it got weird, we were, like, getting into it, right? And he put on music to kind of get into the mood. And this is, like, right before... No, this is I right before the iPhones. This is like iPods were happening at the time. And I don't even think they were the color like touch iPods. It was still with the spinning wheel. Okay, so this is some, some time ago, kids. Okay, so this is a minute ago. So anyways, he puts on and he had this iPod and he was like, oh, okay. And it was like that original one. It was like black and white. And I just, I just remember seeing the words. And he like put it on Enigma. Do you guys remember Enigma? Like back in the day, like that old 90s song, like Return to Innocence. Hi, 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 oh yeah, hi, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so like this is what happened, right? So we're like getting into it and like totally, I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm just saying this. Anyways, so we're getting into it and we're like full on like 69, right? And all of a sudden you hear and it flipped. I didn't know Enigma had a bunch of songs, right? Like Enigma had a whole album, but the Return to Innocence was like just in there in the middle of it. And so all of a sudden, like cocks are in mouths, whatever stuff is happening. And you hear love, devotion, feeling, emotion. <laughs> like, what? more was like <laughs> such a bad joke okay anyways so i'm like here i'm holding a dick and i hear <laughs> how do you give somebody a hand job with that in the background like what was this guy thinking anyways weird he was hot though furry belly bald head Except for he lived, like, in an attic, I think. Anyways, I need to do a whole episode on hookups, right? Like, don't I? So the new Gossip Girls, you guys. Gossip Girl is back. It's over on HBO Max. Loving it. Um, they're, like, hearkening back to the original Gossip Girl series, which I completely love. And I haven't watched it in forever. And so, like, this show is, like, making me want to watch that 1% so much that I'm actually watching the OG Gossip Girl. I know, right? I don't know. I just leave it on the background all the time while I'm cleaning and everything else. And I'm just, like, loving, like, the whole XOXO. You know you love me. Gossip Girl. Oh, Kristen Bell. What a career. Anyways, um, so they're giving us this harkening back to this old, the old OG series. Um, I'm gonna give some spoilers about the first episode, but the thing is, is like dive in. It's each week is a new episode, so you can't just binge the whole entire thing right now. And I don't even know. I didn't even look up to see how many episodes they got, but I'm really hoping they got at least twelve. 
I'm going to be real mad if they didn't because the original Gossip Girl had some long ass seasons and we need that right now because, you know, the world is kind of fucked. And so I need more Gossip Girl in my life. And so I'm enjoying this whole like once a week parceling out. Anyways, it's appointment viewing. We are back at Constance Billard, which is where the original series took place, where we met Serena, Chuck Bass, Blair Waldorf, Dan Humphreys, the rest of the OG series people. You know what I mean? So... Anyways, back at this private school where they're giving us the student versus teacher dynamic this time. And we, as the audience, we know who Gossip Girl is from the jump, which is kind of different. Because in the original series, remember, we didn't find out Gossip Girl until that very last episode. And everybody was like, really? And then now that I'm re-watching the OG Gossip Girl series, I look, okay, they mentioned in the very first episode. And if you're listening to this, you should know. So anyways, the original Gossip Girl was Dan Humphreys. It was the boy. It was the guy who, Lonely Boy, the whole entire time he was the one who was doing this. And so now that when you rewatch that old series with that in mind that it is Dan who is being Gossip Girl, you're like, this guy is disgusting. He's worse than Lil Jay. He's worse than Jenny was with his social climbing because he like created a whole cultural touchstone. I really wanted to be Gossip Girl too, right? Like... And then you realize, like, that's a real toxic person. Like, whoever is being Gossip Girl is just a toxic motherfucker. And so, and then he grows up to be Joe from you. So Dan Humphreys is not looking good. But great career, bro. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so we, um, we've we swapped out, like, from the old Gossip Girl. We had the old frenemies who were, like, loved each other, hated each other, blah, blah, blah. We had Blair and, and Serena. And in this, we're actually getting a pair of estranged sisters. So Julian and Zoya. Um, Julian, I love the choices that they're making too with these girls and the fact that like they just got this beautiful girl and I don't even know what her makeup is culturally, but the thing is she's brown, beautiful brown girl with a shaved head. I think she's black. Um, and then her sister who has just like, you know, this beautiful, just beautiful girls, man. You know what I mean? Like it's just really, really cool watching two brown black girls who are just like, leading the charge right now on this series and they're the two cool ones that everybody's like aspiring to be which is really cute and refreshing anyways so all the social climbing and seeing how the one percent lives is still fun i'm enjoying it the diceiest part though is how they're selling us that all these people are teenagers and the sexual stuff is a little bit uncomfortable for me i think maybe because i'm like late 30s and I don't want to be like some dirty old man who's like watching a bunch of like kids so those scenes really do make me kind of like "Mm, maybe they shouldn't be doing this I don't really like the whole fact that they kind of sexualize teenagers but you know that it's adults that's playing them so it's just kind of like I don't know I have to turn it off for a minute like in my head I mean I'm still watching the series but I turn it off in my head just to kind of like okay let's get through this but the thing is is the writing is pretty solid the teachers are kind of like a comic out outlet and what they do too is the teachers are kind of like the age of the people who would have watched the original series which is cute so it kind of adds something extra special to it and so and they refer back to the old gossip girl and that's how they get the idea to be gossip girl now because this series takes place in like 2021 they talk about they were quarantined together. We have the parents that are just kind of coming out of the woodwork and you're learning more and more about each dynamic of not just the two girls, but then also their satellite, their orbit of friends. I'm sorry, their, their, sat, their orbit of friends that are around them. And you're kind of learning like, okay, so this person is rich because of this reason. This person has 
this parent, this person has queer parents. I mean, it's great, like all those kind of things. So loving that, um, I would just say right now, it is coming in as, as a recommendation from me. So if you like the original Gossip Girl, watch it. If you didn't watch the original Gossip Girl, give this one a little bit of a chance because it's fun, it's super queer, and you just never know where it's going to go. Lots of bathhouse action, though, too, which is just kind of like, okay, so these guys are in high school and they're getting into bathhouses, which is the weird thing here. So, okay, so I guess they're 18 or they're about to be 18. See, that's the thing. It's so touchy. I don't know. Anyways, let me get myself out of this hole because it's getting really, really weird. You guys, I need to sidetrack real quickly for Jennifer Lopez. So let's talk a little bit about Jennifer Lopez. So Jennifer Lopez... She's back with Ben Affleck right now. We have Benefer 2.0 going on right now. She just turned 52 years old. She's popping more pictures up out there. Now we're seeing the two of them on like this yacht together. They finally went Instagram public. They went social media public. That's so weird. But these celebrities, they did. They have a picture of the two of them kissing. But the thing is, now when you look at these pictures, and if you look at the one, especially of him caressing her booty on the back of that yacht, it is looking very sus. It's starting to look very much like the um, Jenny from the Block video. Okay, so... I listened to Busy Phillips is doing her best, and on there she has one of her co-hosts, Casey St. Ange. Casey St. Ange has worked in television. She's worked on the Rosie O'Donnell show. She's worked with David Letterman. She's worked a bunch of other people. She's one of Busy's main people now. Um, she worked on Busy's television show, blah, blah, blah. So I take what she says a little bit more seriously than when somebody else gives like a regular fan theory. But... She mentioned something recently on an episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best. And now she's actually saying it and she's putting it in writing on her Instagram. So I'm going to go ahead and let's like spread these rumors around. Let's see how this goes. But, you know, these pictures are coming out. So we have that one that is Jen and Ben. They're with the booty. There's another picture of the two of them like canoodling. He's wearing the watch that she gave him in the video. There's pictures of them kind of almost like the recreating scenes. And now, so Casey's saying on, she's saying here, I'm going to read directly. Sticking by my theory stated on episode 40 of Busy Phillips is doing her best, that J-Lo and Ben Affleck, a.k.a. Benifer, Agenifer, a.k.a. Jenjamin Lofleck, are giving us a shot-for-shot remake of her iconic video for Jenny from the Block for the song's upcoming 20th anniversary. Okay, sideline real quick, you guys. Oh my God, 20th anniversary of Jenny from the Block. I was only 20 when this song came out. I'm not be 40 this year, you guys. Okay, anyways, let's go back to it. So anyways, they're having the 20th anniversary. So... Casey says, let's examine the evidence they've compiled so far. This May, Ben was seen wearing the watch J-Lo gave him in the original Jenny from the Lock video. On seeing this, my immediately first instinct was, they are remaking the video. Am I a witch? Yes. Did that mean I was right? We'll see. On June 14th, Ben and Jen were snapped at a dinner together by paparazzi. People focusing on the fact that it was their first public kiss since rebooting the romance but casey says i focused on the placement of everything at the dinner including the angle of the paps we're shooting from very similar to the shots of b and j at the dinner being secretly shot by paps in the jenny from the block vid jenny even seems to be wearing a similar up down hairdo did this confirm what i was on the right track 
Not just yet. I said, call me when they're on a yacht together. Well, that's when I will know. Guess what, you guys? Guess what happened today? Ben Jen, yacht, bikini, kissing. Did he kiss her ass on the yacht? I don't know. I guess we'll find out when the video comes out, which I am now 98% sure must be happening. If anyone sees Ben putting gas in Jenny's car, call me immediately. A lot of people are nervous that if I, if what I prophesized was true, it means the romance is a sham. Casey's saying, folks, no, that is not what anyone is saying here. I believe the romance is as real as it was the first time, okay? I'm here for it, and I'm rooting for them. But I also want this video. I saw cream-colored crop cargo pants on Eloquy, and I might buy them to wear them with a cream-colored newsgirl cap. We all know that look, you guys. It's iconic. Anyways, even though their outfit will look soup on me, I'll wear with a frosty lip again. <laughs> P.S. If they are not remaking this vid for the 20th anniversary, the only other explanation is that they are subconsciously reenacting every scene from it without realizing because it's such a pivotal time in their lives, which would deeply be romantic. And she also says, but I'm also deeply disappointing to me. So. We're all hoping that this is actually a recreation because there's it's just too much coincidence, right? You know, all these pictures. I'm going to put a picture of this on my timeline. So tomorrow you guys check this out. I'm going to repost that with the description of this episode. It's just like, okay, it's like it's happening, you guys. Jenny from the Block 20th anniversary video is happening. Let's all speak that into the ether because I think they'll be real cute, right? We need things to look forward to you guys right now. And today's is what's happening. Is this the basement? It's the lower level. Okay. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Real Housewives of New York. I'm not going to do a full recap about them because it's not worth it. Uh, right now, New York is just not giving what it was supposed to have gave. It's just not enough girls. We can tell that they're filming in quarantine. They were just kind of like learning. And with New York, as crazy as it was, we're lucky that we got a season, you know, with the pandemic last year. But... Uh, that being said, Leah's in that sophomore slump that happens to a lot of these girls that they come off first time that we just love, love, love them. And in the second season, they come back and you're just like, you know too much about the machine and you're acting too much to try to be in the good graces and you're doing your own PR as you're shooting. And it's just feeling gross and sweaty and she jumps onto a cause just to jump on. And I don't think it's because like she really cares. Because she doesn't. Because if she really did care, she would have never made the statement that she wasn't sure if she was going to vote earlier this year. Yes, I'm still bitter about that, but that's just what's going to happen from now on. Anyways, um, the rest of the show, I, I did like the whole scene that we did get this past week with the fortune teller. And we kind of got a little bit more knowing about Sonia and Ramona. And we peeled back a few more layers. And for some people who've been on the TV for like 10 years plus, it was kind of nice in a reality show setting that we actually got a little bit more close with them and that we got to know who they were and who they are and how does it contribute to their drinking problems now did that just get dark <laughs> so sorry weird anyways um rest of it too was just it was a good it, this this week showed a lot more promise and it was like oh these are the housewives that we like that we used to know and so Brashan and Sonia don't feel like the only two who are really giving what we want from a housewife and so their fight it would be great if they made up and then they become like a little unstoppable force and they take down the rest of the girls 
that's just wishful thinking. Anyways, the midseason trailer looks great, and so we'll probably get back into more about Real Housewives of New York in the future. Let's just jump on over to Real Housewives of Potomac because they are giving it all. It is only episode three, and I'm already feeling like we are in for a nice little ride with these ladies. So we have a new lady that has joined us this year in addition to the, all of the girls who were around last year. So we still have Wendy here. We got Candy S., her name is Candice, but I call it Candius. We have Wendy. We have Candius. We have Karen Huger, who is the grand dame, who is amazing, who is everything you want out of a housewife, who you want out of a reality star. Karen Huger is the gold on this show. We also have Ashley Darby, who just looks like a pregnant doormat half the time. And it's just kind of like, I really want better for Ashley. And I want her to just kind of be a boss bitch at some point and just kind of realize that her husband is just who he is and that she needs to be who she wants to be at this point. That's just all I got to say about that one. And then we got Ryan, Robin and Giselle who are still around this season. Uh, and the feud right now between Giselle and Karen is just beautiful. It is the Kim Zolciak Cherie fight. It is the Nini versus you know, Portia, it is just, it's giving us that something special that real relationships in these franchises give. So back into it, we have Mia now, who has now joined the conversation. She is now in the show. Mia owns businesses. She owns chiropractic uh, facilities, and her husband is like 30, 40 years older than her. It was very unclear the way that she was like, he's 30 years plus. And the thing is, she says she's 32, she's 35. She's, her face is 44. But go ahead, girl, because she's fucking hot. Anyways, so Mia, the thing that's great about her, she knows the assignment and she came in, studied up, and she showed up and she is eating. Mia is eating eating this season and by eating I mean she is just eating the scenery eating her looks eating the other ladies she is devouring she is making it happen and so love that she ain't blind she knows what's up Wendy she's also having that thing that we just said about Leah a second ago and it's that sophomore slump Bronwyn had the same issue other past housewives look at Aviva Drescher that their second season they come back and they think they know a thing or two about a thing or two. They've seen themselves on camera from different angles. So you're feeling a little bit more insecure and that you don't come in there and put a play ball anymore. And so that's the thing. Wendy's just feeling sweaty. And for somebody who is so educated, so powerful, so strong and beautiful, it just doesn't feel cute right now. So I just want Wendy to kind of like know who she is and just realize like she don't need all this. But the boobies, and I'm not talking about the body because the boobies are hot, you guys. The new boobies are cute. The new booty is cute. I want one of those. I want a BBL, you guys. So I'm going to be putting my cash app, and you guys can just forward me your Venmo dollars, and I'm going to get a BBL. And if I do, everybody can use it. Ew, that's so gross. <laughs> just the cute ones. Okay, BBL is Brazilian butt lift, you guys. So that's like a whole thing. And it's a whole like culture that's going on right now, especially over on TikTok. Everybody's getting the Brazilian butt lift. And some people, it looks real cute. Some other people, it just looks crazy, okay? Um, 
Let's get back into this whole show. So Robin, she is all of us right now. She is living through quarantine. She is in her comfy bed. She is in her comfy clothes. She don't got her hair done. She got no makeup on. She just wants to sleep. And Juan Dixon needs to realize that some people get depressed when they are locked in the house all day. And that's what's happening right now to Robin. So let's give her our love. But the thing is, is that whole scene with her just breaking her kids up three minutes before they have to be on Zoom is just a little bit crazy. Like this little boy has not even got the chance to pee and he about to jump onto a class. Ooh, ooh. I can't. Anyways, um, Karen, uh, she talks about she's she's building her house of beauty and Ray is moving one giant flower arrangement behind her from room to room to support her in these endeavors. And it's probably because Karen is about to become the breadwinner in that house because we know that Ray has had some issues in the past financially. And it just feels like, oh, this is Karen's time, which is rightly so. The woman is working and she is slamming and she's giving us lots of great little quotes we have that scene between giselle and ashley they go and they get an awkward banana bread at that weird um coffee shop where the guy put the banana bread like standing up on a pe- on, on the on the plate and i'm just like looking at it and i'm like it looks so sad and awkward and kind of gross like, just, like, lay it down, bro. Like, why you got to be trying to be so fancy? And then you drop it on the way to the way to the table, and it's just, it's too much. He is doing too much with that banana bread. Anyways, um, why is Giselle giving relationship advice about a man who is creeping? Giselle, we heard what Karen said last year. We've been reading the articles. We know kind of what's going on out there. And for you to be giving relationship advice for somebody who has been a cheater and whatnot, Ashley Darby has figured out how to make it work for her. So just leave it the fuck alone at this point. Michael's not allowed to tape with everybody else. Michael's at home. Leave it alone. Let her have her man. If he's going to step out on her, then hopefully he's wearing a condom and that he does not bring something home to her. And if he does bring something to home to her, I hope that she learns quickly and that she resolves that issue but whatever the rules are are going to be what their rules are so all these ladies always trying to step in and trying to give ashley darby the one two four it's just like it's kind of getting old now okay she got about to have a second kid with this man like let it happen um step back okay and plus i mean girl you're doing too much so anyways what she should do oh giselle what you should do is you should start a support group for women who have been cheated on for women who have ancient men that like start that support group girl that's what you should do so they talk more about Mia, this whole conversation about her back and forth. And so the whole issue that they're having that Giselle has is that Mia said that she's just a pretty face. And another time she said that Giselle has a big heart. And it's just like, those really aren't insults, Giz. Like, just kind of get over it. But the whole talk about Mia's flapping sheets, her vagina is just like, it's too much. This girl has, <laughs> and by that, I mean, this girl has gotten too much. She been, she got that pooty cat beat up. That is so gross. But that's what they're saying on the show, basically, you guys, is that like, you know, Ashley's basically like, she, she got that, she got that thing pulverized. <laughs> she even has no kids out of there. She just got that pulverized by some D's. That's what they're all talking about right now. I'm not just making this up. I'm not like taking editorial liberties. This is what they're talking about, you guys. 
They're saying that she got her bean beat up and let's all listen to that, okay? So anyways, we have Robin and the new friend of for Potomac, we have Ascala, Ascala. Isn't that like a brand? Except for she doesn't spell it the same way. So anyways, it's not like Ascala, like the brand. It's like Ascala, like Ascala. Okay, anyways, semantics. Okay, so she's a new friend of, I am loving her though. She's very cute. She's very well put together. I mean, girl was standing around in red bottoms in a warehouse trying to help out Miss Robin with her unfortunate embellished hats. Oh, girl. Maybe those hats are really, really comfortable and they protect your edges because they got that silky inside lining. But the thing is, is they are not very cute. So that's part of it. Anyways, I don't just like make regular hats. Why do they have to look like X's and O's and all this other crazy stuff? Anyways, so um, Wendy gets there to talk to Robin and Escala as they are fulfilling Robin's orders. And it looks like she's pretty busy, so that's a good thing. So she got money coming in because we know that Robin also has some issues. There's a lot of financial issues that are happening right now in Potomac that have been happening since the very beginning, since the jump. I mean, anyways, love it. Um, but this does lead us to having Wendy talk to us about her new candle line, which I'm really finding, I completely understand diversifying your assets and making sure that you are just like a well-rounded business person and that you have your hand in many pots and like, I mean, Lord knows, look what the fuck I'm doing, you know what I mean? Uh, but that being said, it is a little bit, I don't know, it feels discouraging that she's now like making candles like really like i don't need another lavender candle from you girl there's high-end ones and i can go to bed bath and beyond they got coupons so i can't smell your candles wendy i'm sorry i'm just not completely on board for this uh okay so we have candius that she's talking more about her music we learned that she, her that chris is now managing her musical career okay that's okay candius um i get it your mom was right though when she was like huh I was the same exact way. I think we all were when we found out that Chris was like doing this hosting situation. Hosting. I'm sorry that he's managing her. We get a little brief glance into Mia's home life. Her husband. He don't look like the other husbands in Potomac. Okay. So we have like half of them that are just men and the other half that are hotties. And he's just one of the men. We'll put it that way nicely. But we do find out about a little bit more about Mia. It get a little bit dark. We find out about some trauma. And then we also find out that she is, um, she's looking for her strange mother, which is like, that's deep. I'm not even gonna make fun of that situation. It's just, it's, it's a trope that we've seen a lot of times in our housewives of people looking for their long lost relatives. And we're about to get a whole Mamma Mia situation over on uh, Real Housewives in New York. But I'm really hoping that she doesn't turn into like Megan King Edmund and is not standing on like the street corner and freaking, I, I, I'm saying Ireland, but you know, remember Megan when she was out there, are you a tool? Are you an O'Toole? Are you my family? I'm looking for my family. Ugh. I do not need another one of those. Anyways, but if it leads us to going to a nice little vacation spot with the girls, okay, let's see it. Mia, take us on vacay. We also have Karen and Candius. They are trying to reconcile the relationship because Candius is going to really try to... She is trying to milk the situation from last year for all that it's worth. But the thing is, is that now that Monique is not here, I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't need to hear about how you asked to be dragged and she dragged your ass and now she's gone from the show. You're still here. Put it together. The thing is, is I've never really liked her. She's kind of been like this weird 
Kenya more type energy for me, Candius, except for like Kenya, you know, she really did come in there and she would fight and she would twirl and everything else. But Candius isn't giving it to me. I don't know. There's just something about her that just seems a little bit sleepy and very self-centered and self-serving, which is what we like in our housewives because I mean like, hello, but still, I don't know. Anyways, she's asking for this apology from, from Karen. Karen kind of lends it to her, but Karen basically was never not on her side. Karen was neutral in the whole situation. And so Candia still wants to basically be like, um, I'm upset and I'm going to keep you out at an arm's length and I'm not sure if I can trust you again. And it's just kind of like, realize who the grand dame is of this show and who the fan favorite is. Get on Karen's good side. Everybody else, I mean, like, just come through with it. Plus, you know that Karen's going to read you and say some things. So just be careful. Okay, here's one of those weird things. Okay, with that whole scene that happened with Candace and uh, Karen, when Karen got over to the house and Candace was like, yeah, we cleared off all the ice on the steps just for you. Mm, like, okay, so you, y'all don't use, okay, um, okay, I know we had quarantine, so we all locked up in the house, but I don't know if it was like that literal. But it reminded me because when she, when Karen was leaving, she was also like, okay, make sure you don't slip on the steps. This reminded me of college, you guys. Okay, another sideline story. So this was a situation that in college, one of my best friends, Mr. Julian, Mr. Julian Cooper. I love you so much, Julian. How are you? Um, Julian had this roommate situation. He was rooming with these two brothers. I'm not going to name them. But uh, these two brothers, they were twins and tech theater and that sort of a thing. And so, and then one of them ended up kind of just kind of being a little bit off his rocker in a sense and did some really duplicitous things. We won't get into all those here, but there was a whole situation where it was kind of like we were all in the outs with this one part of the twin brothers. And this one was always just making really, really weird offhanded comments. And so they lived in this little house uh, over near our college. And it was like, it wasn't really a little house, you know, it was like one of those, it was actually a big three-story house. Anyways, I'm talking in circles here, but to get to the main point of this is that I remember when Julian was leaving one day and this person was like, Make sure you don't slip on the ice and die. And he did it in such a like a weird way that it wasn't like, oh, he wasn't just like, he was foreshadowing. He was hoping. He was saying a prayer. He was just doing, you know, he probably lit a candle in his room before he said that. But that was a whole situation. And so I don't know why. That's why this reminded me of this. Um, I didn't really have a reason for that story, but I just wanted to tell it to you. Anyway, so we end up this episode. It ends over at that spa day that they take. They kept calling it a pamper day. And I kept thinking like pampers, like pampers huggies. But then it wasn't like a huggies pamper. It was actually like pamper yourself. Duh. But I mean... It was kind of lost there. They they could have had a little bit more fun with that theme. But um, we're doing spa treatments in the middle of a pandemic, which go on, yo. Um, love it. Uh, I really, really need a massage. Anybody want to give me a massage? Get into my DMs. Let's do it. That is just going to get me so many different weird requests and things. Okay. Anyways, so new girl, Scala, she shows up here looking cute. Again, very, very high-low. Really, really great coat. And then she got sweats on, blah, blah, blah. Um, Wendy comes, she got happiness on display. Happiness is that those, her two friends, Happy and Ness, they're on her chest. Um, and Mia's in on this one. It was cute. Uh, Mia comes in ready to play games. Rhea comes in ready to play with these women. And these women aren't completely having it because they're very afraid of her. But love it. Um, they played that weird belly game where they were showing pictures of like, here's a pregnant belly and... Let's guess who it was. And it was just very much like, um, really? This is, th those pictures, 
I don't know. The game just didn't hit the way that it should have hit. So it wasn't giving what it was supposed to have gave. I want my money. Anyways. So the tensions on Potomac are so good, though, because number one, all the girls fucking show up when they're supposed to be somewhere. I'm looking at you, Garcelle. Um, but everybody's there, so we get that full cast dynamic that's going, and then we have all these beefs that are kind of under the surface right now. We got Giselle and Karen, which is like the grand dame fight, you know what I mean? A versus B, these two are going to be going in, we love it, and they just, they boom, 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 they are always put swinging at each other. And then we got this new one with the newbies, Mia versus Wendy, and it's just very much a situation that... It's an insecurity situation that I just, I don't know if I completely love it. Anyways, I love this whole thing when Wendy is just basically like, I didn't come to try you at Karen's house, but TikTok, I got time now. I am Zen Wen. I have got time today. I mean, like, Wendy just came in. She came in swinging. She was like, okay, this new bitch is not going to take my shine. So love that. And the thing is, is in the night, love me. And when she runs to the back, they're just giving quotes for someone who's, about women's empowerment, Jiminy Crickets. <laughs> Who uses Jiminy Crickets? It's been so long. But the quotes, though, I mean, then Karen comes up with this quote is that this is supposed to be a celebration for Ashley's baby, but Satan is throwing the party. That's a lob right at, at Giselle. Like, she just hates her. So it's amazing. Candace is trying to talk Wendy off the cliff. It was so funny in her confessional, too, when she was just like, I'm tired of her puffing her chest up the whole time. And she's not just talking about her new boobs. And then what was funny, too, is she was like, she's just swinging around her arms and she's about to pop a city. <laughs> Potomac is just coming in. Anyways, Mia does give us the admission that she was a stripper. That's where she met her husband. But she was a stripper who wore gowns. And then you took the gown off, right? I mean, I mean, let's just make it clear. And remember those gowns. Okay, so if you've ever been to like a really good strip club, sometimes these girl wear gowns. It's not a gown that you guys are thinking. This is not something you're wearing to the Oscars unless you wear that girl. But it is very much like a piece of fabric that is sewn together, you know, that is maybe showing a little bit of the peachy peach, which I think uh, Miss Ashley does, you know, she kind of does say, except for Ashley, I'm just kind of getting over the whole judgmental thing. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have a pot to piss in. We don't even know where your husband's going at night. So, like, stop reading the other girls for these things. Stop this whole, like, weird slut-shaming. It's not cool. So, uh, Karen, I love that she's like, there's no shame here. And Karen wants a retractable pole. Karen did not listen to the fact that this woman said, I do not dance in a pole. Basically, she just took her clothes off. But anyways, um, then we hits us. Karen, she hits us. This is where the episode ends, where she basically looks because Giselle is leaving early. And Karen is like, look, Giselle is not a good dresser. She's not a good host. And she's not a good wig wearer. OMG. That right there is a quote of the year. Love it. So then they pray laughing out loud at that part okay so let's go talk about some real housewives of beverly hills before i wrap you guys up today and then we're gonna also just dip our toes into american horror story because i know i did promise that at the very beginning we are back with another episode of real housewives of beverly hills you guys last week's episode was on fire these girls are starting to give it has been a long time since beverly hills has like 
served up a season that they are this year. But we have all the girls are heading out to La Quinta for like a little cast trip. You know, Kyle and Dorit, they both are getting over their whole situation with COVID. So now the girls are all testing well again. So now they're able to get back into the same room. So they're all going to be staying over at Kyle's house that she stole from Kim. You stole my goddamn house. Yep, that house. So they're all going out to La Quinta. Half the girls are going to stay at the La Quinta Inn and the other ones are going to be going to Kyle's house. Love it. Whatever. And so... The girls, when they are getting ready, we get that quintessential scene where all the girls are packing up. And I just have a question. What the fuck happened to Rinna's dog? Why was that dog, like, in a cone, with a paw thing, like, looking all beat up? Like, Rinna, does everything in your house covered in a layer of dust or is it held together with, like, duct tape? What is going on, Rinna? She's been working hard, but, like, it's just a little bit crazy. Beggar maker do. Anyways, um, so we have Jagger also is becoming a wonderful little addition. Now that he's a little bit older, he's been raised on the camera. And so he reads his mother, basically. Why do you need all this stuff? You're just going away for a weekend. Why do you need, like, just, like, one thing after the next? And so I just feel like he's got more sense. And he's adding more value to the show than his mother is this season. Dorit also apparently owes $90,000 or something in back taxes. It's a whole story that's going on around right now. So let's see where that all lands, because these girls in Beverly Hills, it is not going well. Uh, well, the other thing, too, I love that Jagger even tells his mother later on in the scenes is that, you know, it's not fair that you get to go to Palm Springs and I'm stuck here in this boring house. I think that was every single one of our sentiment, and that was my sentiment all fucking year last year when I saw people running out to Palm Springs and Puerto Vallarta and everything else, and I'm keeping my ass at home. I'm fully vaxxed right now, so um, I'm hoping that all of you guys are too, and if you're not, I don't know what to tell you. Don't listen anymore. I mean, like, it's just we're at that point right now. <laughs> anyway, so back into the whole story that we have. Um, we have Erica walking through her old loft space that she had downtown, you know, her fuck pad that she had down there that she was using also as a closet. Um, well, they have a really sad walkthrough of the home as she was getting rid of that property. And the crazy thing is, is the producers didn't have not one heartfelt moment to offer us from that space. It was just about the glam lights and Kyle, Dorit's long Mortal Kombat ponytail that she wore there once, Rena's mom Lois wishing that she got more dick in her youth, and a big pretty mess pink sign that you know Kyle is about to buy from some estate sale somewhere in LA. I mean, TikTok, time is ticking. You know that she wants a little piece of what every other girl has because she does want to keep up with the Joneses. Kyle wants to be the Joneses. Okay, so keep on going into this. So they are all arrive over at Kim's house. Um, <laughs> that was a mistake, but it stays because it was Kim's house originally, remember? Uh, I keep on reminding you guys of that. I'm never going to let it go. Okay, so Dorit and Rena, they both show up looking like they're ready for workouts. Kathy shows up with a 123-ounce Voluspa crushed candy cane candle that retails for like $450. If you can find it on sale for $200 and something, that's a steal. That's a fucking expensive candle. My God. So this woman just got money. And then she lets us know, too, Kathy, she lets us know how rich she is indeed because... She basically says that she doesn't drive anywhere alone. I want that in my life. I want a driver, you guys. I want a driver so bad. A driver and a chef, that would be ideal in my life. I'm going to work towards that. Anyways, so the girls talk about 
the Tom news, about the frozen accounts. Dorit reveals a little bit more about her past, about the when she and Mr. PK got into trouble back in the past with their issues, and that she kind of went down for a lot of it, and that they took money out of Dorit's accounts that she had made from being a housewife, and they paid his debts. So it's just kind of something that happens when you're married. And so we're just seeing more and more of how this is like revealed, and that we're seeing a little bit more behind the scenes of Dorit now that they can talk about old lawsuits and things. So I'm kind of hoping that we're going to see more of that as things keep on going on. My big favorite thing here was when Crystal basically stated, he says he's worth a lot of money. And at this time was when there was only like $2 million that was owed. And it was like, why doesn't this man just write a check? And I think that's really kind of what a lot of these Beverly Hills people who have the real money know, are like thinking is it's like, you say you have the money, write a check, give the money back. But that wasn't happening. So it's a little bit crazy. So anyways, uh, there was a scene here where Kyle, she's putting onions in her lasagna. I'm hoping that was for her actual like lasagna for the for the sauce i mean if she's making that from scratch i don't know it just seemed like she was making lasagna for hours and i think like all the girls were hungry at some point so erica finally shows up at the house you know and looking worse for wear and just still looking like a million bucks an owed million bucks but she was like a million bucks i guess but uh so erica she says over and over again and these girls are hugging and she says it later in the scene is it's not okay it's not going to be okay for a long time. And so uh, Kathy asks if she's talked to Robert Shapiro. <laughs> Erica, Bob, I know Bob. Okay, Erica. My whole thought here, though, this is just like, I'm going to get real dark for a second, and I don't, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm connecting some dots here, and it's going to be a little bit dark. But Kyle's really good friends with Faye Resnick. They're all good friends with Chris Jenner, who... They were all really good friends with Nicole Brown Simpson. They were all like besties and that, and they all ran in that circle. And then now they're referring to Ben Shapiro, the man who got off Nicole's killer, O.J. Simpson, allegedly, not allegedly. I think we all know that he did it. Come on. Um, but like this whole situation is just like, it's a little bit crazy that they're just like, hey, do you know Bob? Yeah, let's call Bob. Let's do this with Bob. Bob got this man off, the one who killed your friend. And now it's like, 30 years later and we're just all okay with it okay okay so let's keep on going so erica talked about the de the deteriorating health of mr trom girardi and we have dorit and kathy basically saying that you know you trust your husband you just sign things sometimes and you don't completely understand and i completely get that and also i'm still kind of on the fence of whether or not erica knew the whole time and the thing is, is i'm starting to lean towards that like maybe she didn't know the whole situation and how bad it all was because she just kind of took for granted that the money was coming because the money was always been there but the moment that you start to hear that like all this nefarious stuff is going on and that you're gonna jump out and she put on her life jacket first and like i get it but it all is coming across so nasty you know and it's just with the the look is never good when you have a song called it's expensive to be me and the other one's called how many fucks do i give it's very melania trump energy anyways so back onto this sutton she makes this conversation she opens it up to be like a little bit lighter so like how's the house you know and erica opens up well we got a little tray and we got some garland you know and sutton drops the bombshell about her dad Ooh, guys, OMG, what? So two days before Christmas, Sutton's father 
did commit suicide. And this is like one of the most horrible, tragic stories. And I have nothing funny to say about that. Just the fact that she just kind of dropped it in. She totally trumped Erica's like issues. And she trumped everybody else's issues that were sitting there. Because it was like, you know, when you talk about losing a parent is one thing. But when you talk about losing a parent in this way, it's even worse. And so, okay, I'm in this little tunnel and I need to get out of it. So let's keep on talking about other things. So anyways... Sutton, she does say something great here. And the thing is, is that when tragedy happens around the holidays, it's all about the rituals. And I really do love that because I really do think that is something that, you know, when you're missing some people around the holidays and it's very, very hard and everything else is that, you know, the rituals do kind of keep you afloat. So that was a whole thing. So, and then after that, we just have that Sutton, they have a flashback to her mother, Reba, which we didn't see before. And Reba, that wig, I love it. No. And the red lips, do love that. Sutton's mom, I mean, I kind of, that would be Sutton's mom if you put them in a lineup. But anyways, and that was really, really rough, the whole thing that the mom doesn't miss the dad. And so let's get out of this. Okay, so Kathy then plays... With the bread. So there's bread that Mauricio and the girls left behind, and it's very, very hard. It's basically like little pieces of wood. And so she makes a centerpiece with lemon and as a paperweight, and that she just... They just have all these scenes that they cross-cut with, with Kathy, that she's trying to carry a suitcase for herself. She's being fanned by Dorit. That she sweeps the floor with a grill brush. You know, I don't want to change her at all. We find out that Lisa Renna is followed by Drake... So what? Uh, Kyle asks, what happened to Erica Jane? What happens to Erica Jane? That was the big question is like, what happens to Erica Jane now that he's, she's not being funded? Because if obviously nobody's buying the records and nobody's really paying for these shows. Did I just say that out loud? Okay. So if you guys went to an Erica Jane show, good on you. Um, go for it. It's expensive to be you. Okay, anyways... <laughs> Erica talks about the 2017 crash, the one where uh, Tom broke his ankle. And this conversation and this whole thing that she is trying to divulge, it does none of it makes sense. It is all just so weird. And there's a switchback, you know how that street is. And then he was missing for 12 hours. And she found him, and the whole time that she was thinking that he was probably with another woman, that's why he wasn't home for 12 hours, and he was unconscious when they found him, but he was he tried to call her. Everything was just like, all these details were all so muddy, and everybody's sitting there like, what the fuck? And I think that's pretty much how we were as an audience, and it was just like, what is Erica trying to do here? What is the story that she's trying to tell? Like, either is Tom a bad guy? And you're the victim, or is Tom deteriorating, doesn't know what he's doing? What is the truth? And so none of this is just, it's just all over the place. And Sutton wants to know, he was thrown from the car? Yes? No? Sutton is the one right now. We know that this, in the mid-season trailer and in the trailer before, that Sutton and Erica get into it, and it's just seeming like Sutton is not liking this. And I have a feeling that these girls are about to break into two camps, and I think it's the ones who believe in Erica and the ones who don't. And I have a feeling it's the new girls who are not siding with her because it looks like Rena, Dorit, Kyle, and Erica have all rallied together. And it's looking like more and more that Sutton, Crystal, I know those two, I think they're on the same side right now that we just haven't seen it. But Sutton, Kristen, and Garcelle are the ones who are really wondering what the hell's going on here. So this is all going to be revealed here in time. Anyways, um, 
Erica basically says that, you know, that she looked through his phone at one point because of Yolanda Foster, because of the whole Yolanda David situation that she decided that she was going to go through Tom's phone and that she found all these pictures and all these other kind of things. And so she's been living with this on her back for this whole entire time. So I completely get it. She's been selling us this brand, this Erica Jane thing, but Erica Girardi just seems like the housewife who really was just at home. Let's see what happens. Anyways, um, that whole scene, though, where she's talking about the other women and all that, and Kyle finally was just so happy to be like, yep, I've heard about that. I've heard about that, too. I heard about all the other women. And you know that Kyle has been afraid to bring it up for all these years just because she's afraid of Erica. So now that she has the carte blanche and she has got, like, the permission to now talk about Tom's dalliances, I have a feeling that more and more of that kind of stuff is going to be coming out. So uh, let's see what happens. So... Uh, she says one more time, Erica says, I am not okay, but I will be. And then there's that silence. And then all of a sudden Sutton goes, who wants pancake cake? <laughs> it's just too much. And then the whole entire show ends this week with Rena talking more about Scott Disick fucking her daughter. Really, that's what you're talking about, Rena. Like, can please stop. It's just kind of getting weird and gross. And we understand that you love being a Kardashian or by proxy now, but... No, girl. Settle. Go home. You guys, I don't know. Rena is really just not my favorite person right now. And I used to love her on the show. And I really want to find love for her again. So I really want her to, like, break out of this. The mid-season trailer is looking fabulous. I think that uh, we are just going to be in for another wild ride as this goes on. Andy Cohen has been saying that the new season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is about to blast off as well. So I cannot wait for all the curves that that one's going to throw us. So... We'll be back with more Housewives and everything else. Let's do one more little sideline. Okay, okay, let's talk just one quick moment about American Horror Stories that's happening over on FX on Hulu. Loving it, you guys. It is camp. It is old school horror movie it feels very friday the 13th from back like when i used to watch that in the late 80s with my mom when i would sneak and watch that like it just has that little bit of a vibe to it so loving it it's using a lot of the rules too from the original american horror story series so like each each season you know we have american horror story murder house we have asylum coven freak show blah 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 blah. and so in this the first two episodes actually take place in the murder house and i know we're gonna be back there later on the season because there's been all kinds of filming that's happening i guess like even like uh Dermot Mulrooney is still back. Dylan, I'm sorry, Dermot. Dylan McDermott is back in. Dermot Mulrooney, my goodness. Anyways, so Dylan McDermott is back on the cast. I mean, so they're going to be bringing all kinds of old, old things back into this whole fray. So I'm loving it. The new anthology series, it is like a capsule collection. So the first two episodes are like their own story. The third one is its own story. So we were back in the murder house for the first one. We get this really great lesbian vibe kind of situation. We're hearing a lot about BDSM. We're getting the rules from the original murder house love it and so and then since it's nicely packaged in this like really quick like little nugget it doesn't give ryan murphy too many places to like stray from it has a beginning it has a middle it has an end it's fabulous so if you guys are into american horror story watch it if you were into american horror story originally and then you kind of went away from the series because it kind of got too crazy after coven especially with like freak show when it was just kind of like they had so many loose ends that they never tied them up this is going to be ryan murphy's like 
answer to that for all these people. What I'm loving too is that the third episode just recently dropped. So every Thursday they're dropping another episode. Uh, and this, this past Thursday it was a whole episode about this movie that was released called Rabbit Rabbit. It had a lot of like elements in it that were very much from like The Exorcist, and they kind of harken back to that. And so like John C. Riley is in it, and it's just. I don't want to give away too much because it's really good, but also those those of you guys who love to watch queer storylines and queer love stories and that sort of a thing, there's plenty of that in this series as well. So you just it's another one of situations where it's like Gossip Girl, where you don't know if it's the guy and the girl are gonna hook up to two guys, two girls, it's gonna be somebody that's non-binary that's gonna step in, who's with this person. It's very much like that. So it's something kind of refreshing when you're watching a lot of like these series because Ryan Murphy just kind of leaves the door open and gives you a blank page and then you scribbles all over it. Loving it. If you were into the American Horror Stories, go ahead and watch it. If you're into old campy movies that used to be on late at night, you're going to really, really love this. So again, I cannot tout this anymore about how much I like it, but American Horror Stories is a shoe-in. And I cannot wait for Double Feature. It's going to be coming in a couple months here. So that we're going to be getting two American Horror Stories seasons all wrapped up into one. One is by land, one is by sea. It looks like one is going to be kind of all in like Massachusetts, Provincetown, that kind of Connecticut area. And it looks like it's like mermaids and like things with teeth that's going to be like bite, bite, bite. And then we also have this whole situation that's going to be like the land one, and it's going to have to do with like the... Uh, aliens and all that kind of thing so we got macaulay culkin back we got sarah paulson we got evan peters francis mcdormand i mean like they stacked the cast again i cannot wait oh also in the american horror stories anthology that's right now on hulu we get paris jackson acting and i love it and and so it's just i don't know there's something about that little girl that i just love she's not even a little girl anymore she's like 21 years old but still much praise to her through all the shit that she's been through that she's coming out thriving and that she gets to be a lead on American Horror Story get it go for it Ryan Murphy thank you so much for doing that for her thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of Bald and Bingeable with D'Angelo as always this has been such a pleasure thank you guys so much for joining if you guys want to see some visual representations of this and also what I look like and probably a couple pictures of my butt you guys can find those over on Instagram at D'Angelo Gogo and Twitter and then you guys can also find me on TikTok at D'Angelo uh, you guys thanks so much I really appreciate it. You guys, I'm going to be out and about in San Diego this month on August 6th, which is a Friday, August 6th, 9 p.m. I'm going to be at the Marrow. I'm going to be there with the host, Strawberry Corn Cakes and Adonis Illusions. We're going to be there with the San Diego Black LGBTQ Coalition. And Impulse presents the Throwback Ball. You guys, we have people that are going to be stomping off on the runway. Your judges are Coco Chanel, Ashley Timpson, and myself. We got DJ Pureflow. We got Vanity Jones. We got Deja Ray. It is going to be fun. Cash prizes. There are eight different categories. Find those on my Instagram. Sign up. Be part of the ball. Get your ass in there and be judged by me because I'm going to be judging your ass. Also, I'm going to be over at PEX every first Saturday of the month, except for in September when it's my birthday. But in August, I'll see you guys there. Love ya. Good night from the lower level. Good night from the lower level.